0: with his own nicotine pouches.
1: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: Check puts Cole Custer into the wall. They both stay on the throttle. Now they're beginning to crash. One truck goes sliding wildly. One truck is in the air. Matt Crafton upside down.
1: The Motor Racing Network presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking.
3: Get the line. Mike Skinner wins it by two one hundredths of a second. He was
4: too bullheaded to let me pass him and I was too bullheaded to let him have it. Brendan gone wins in his own backyard at the Las Vegas. Fans were in. We partied in the race shop for hours. It was a wild party night. now
5: here's spray going for second he and hornaday come together
4: now hornaday goes around slams into the wall
5: to
0: this day he can't tell me if i ever spun him out
4: because i can save it better than him i
0: told you he's gonna pay that back i told you from the motor
1: racing network studios in concord north carolina here is your host mike bagley
5: welcome back to mrn presents the tough trucks of nascar 25 years and still trucking i'm mike bagley We continue our 10-part journey down memory lane as we look back on 25 seasons of Truck Series Racing. The Motor Racing Network has been a part of the Truck Series community from the very beginning as the only radio network to provide coverage of Truck Series races. TV and Radio presents NASCAR Today. At first, Motor Racing Network broadcasters covered truck races as the Truck Broadcasting Network, a production of MRN.
4: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Portland Speedway in Oregon. Where
5: today Many of today's top MRN voices were part of the TBN team and remember the series creation and covering their first truck series races. I remember the lead up behind the scenes at MRN was that, yeah, we're, we're going to send down uh, or send out a skeleton crew. It's going to be our first. Tra- we didn't know what what, you know, how big we needed to go, how small we needed to be. So I remember, and I actually on the day of the first race, I was, I was DJing at Star 92.9 in Dover, mm. Delaware. Well, I remember before I started my air shift, I went back into the engineering bay and I, I found out the satellite frequency for MRN and I dialed up the MRN satellite feed, but I kept it in queue in the control room while I'm doing my air shift. So I'm listening to, that day, Eli Gold and Chuck Bound in the booth. Green flag in the air, and the
0: NASCAR Super Truck Series by Craftsman is underway.
5: So I'm listening, I'm listening, you know, and I'm doing my, hey, here's Don Henley on Star 92.9. Turn off the mic, first side-by-side for the lead on the backstreet, you know, it's like, I, I was loving life. And then all of a sudden,
4: Labani to the outside, Skinner
5: to the inside, they're cab to cab in turn three. Here comes Skinner to the inside, Labonte being forced wide beneath the Goodyear Bridge. One mile to go, Skinner will retake the lead. They're in the middle of talking in this, and I'm like, what's happened? Is the satellite out? What's going on? And it never came back. Well, come to find out, we hired a guy that had a satellite truck to come beam the race into the heavens. Well, obviously, there was something on the paperwork that was askew, and we think that he had a specified off air time, but the problem is, homie didn't check with the engineer to make sure we were (laughs) off the air. He got to that time on the sheet. He pulls the plug, folds up the satellite, leaves the racetrack, and the race is still going on, and the... The final laps of the first ever Truck Series race never made it to air. Mm. They n- nobody ever heard them because there was no way to hear them when the satellite dish guy packs up and goes home. Checkered flag in the air. Skinner wins.
0: Labonte second. Schrader third. Bessie and then Bodine. What a finish! What a finish in the season opener.
2: Turn announcer and pit reporter Alex Hayden. You know, I think one of the cool things about the Truck Series too is Motor Racing Network has been a, a partner in a, from day one with, with the Truck Series. I remember being at I-70 Speedway. Mike, you and I, working pit road.
1: Today, 32 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series teams are poised and ready to take on I-70 Speedway for 200 laps of intensity.
2: And there was a race... (laughs) There was a race win.
4: For the first time in 1999, Jack Sprague is the winner on the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series circuit.
2: I'm not going to name the television reporter at the time. Namer. Amy East. Okay, Amy East was climbing up to get the winning crew chief. Mike Bagley's on one side of the war wagon. Amy East is on the other side. And typically the rule of thumb is, eh, well, there's a courtesy. We'll let tele- television go first. talked talk to Amy before Mike anytime. If if they if they get there first. Amy was on the left. Mike was on the right. and
1: Let's go to Pitt Road.
2: Dennis Conner looks left, looks right, and just looks at Mike and goes with Mike.
4: Dennis
6: Conner, congratulations. The first win of 1999. Thank you very much. It's been long and hard to get. Thank you very much. Team GMAC deserves it all for GMAC and all their associates and Rick and John.
4: That's the first time we have seen a smile all day out of Dennis Conner, the crew chief, for the winning
5: Jack Sprague here at the I-70 Speedway. And Amy was so mad. She was hot that day. (laughs) She was ticked.
2: But to me, that explains, they understood in there the partnership that the Motor Racing Network had with the Truck Series and continues to this day.
7: Pit reporter, Winston Kelly. Since I'm the oldest rat in the barn, I, I was actually there in Sonoma when they announced that we were going to have the NASCAR Super Truck Series. Mm -hmm. And I believe Craftsman came on after that, but uh, it was in Sonoma, California, and people were kind of scratching their head. It's like, what are we thinking about running trucks? But uh, as has been the case in so many uh, different situations, Bill France Jr. knew what he was talking about, had a vision to bring in uh, a different perspective, And to bring in some different racetracks. We're at the Evergreen Speedway, a flat
4: half-mile racetrack that has been the battlefield for many great NASCAR Winston West and Northwest Tour races over the years. And
7: I didn't get the pleasure to go into all the Evergreens of the world, but uh, did get to go to a lot of the different racetracks. I remember that uh, back in 1994, they made that announcement.
5: The interesting thing with that is, to your point, Winston, that when they made the announcement that we're going to be racing What? Trucks? What is going on down there in Daytona? And at that moment, it was all about the Winston Cup Series, and it was all about the Bush Series. And then all of a sudden, it's like race pickup trucks. That was a, you know, they weren't as sleek as the cars, and they weren't weren't as aerodynamically sound. It's like, how are we going to make this happen? And to your point, when Bill Jr. had that vision, and then he had that select group of men that pulled it all together and ran those exhibition races out in Bakersfield, it's like, well, now, wait a minute here. We've got new names, but this is actually some pretty awesome racing.
7: and it brought in some new names. You know, we had some of the existing teams, the Richard Childress Racing with Mike Skinner and then and, and, uh, Rick Hendrick with Jack Sprague, uh, and then uh, Dale Earnhardt got involved with Ron Hornaday Jr. So there were names that people had heard about, but not at that upper level. So, you know, and, and it has turned out to be some of the absolute most competitive racing that we have had anywhere, whether it's on a short track like Martinsville or whether it's on the super speedways at Daytona and Talladega.
4: Although these guys have been running on speedways, a lot of them have developed a lot of skills as speedway drivers, this really is more of their element. The half-mile tracks, the five-eighths mile tracks, and the drivers returning here to Portland. And when you face sickness or trouble on the road, the show must go on. Anchorman, Joe Moore. Hello everyone and welcome to beautiful Central Florida and the Walt Disney World Speedway. It was the first of two truck races at Walt Disney World Speedway. Today, the NASCAR Cressman Truck Series begins a new year of competition. Alan Bestwick and I were doing the broadcast, and on Saturday, we were walking around getting interviews and preparing for Sunday's race, and uh, Pure later had uh, a hospitality tent where they were uh, introducing Mike Wallace as a driver of their truck. For that season. And so we went over to the hospitality tent and we both had the ranch dressing. And later in conversation, we determined what it must have been because that's the only thing the two of us had. Uh, We were in the truck doing production and suddenly Alan said, You know, I'm just not feeling very good. I'm going home. So he gets in the car and goes to the hotel. And it wasn't 15 minutes later, I got up to walk outside and it's like, Oh my goodness, I have to go too. And so it was a horrible night. We destroyed that hotel. <laughs> and the next day in the broadcast, I think we actually did okay. But every time we went to commercial break, both of our heads hit the table. This afternoon, up front, though, it is Jack Sprague leading the way.
2: Say, Ray best the best in breaks.
4: I mean, it was just, we were like pushing, pulling every bit of strength we could to keep going. And uh, when it was time to go back on the air, we'd pop our heads up and Push on through. Dave Resende's third, Miller is fourth, and Rich Bickle rides fifth. Uh, but that was a long, long day,
3: and I never went back. Turn announcer and pit reporter, Jason Toy. My my first race with MRN was a truck series race. It was the, uh, the Load Handler 200. At the uh, Bristol Motor Speedway. Come off turn two. They'll be going into the view of our new
5: broadcast member this weekend. I'd like to welcome for the very first time Jason Toy of Huntington,
3: West Virginia. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. When they come off a of turn two, the shadows. And of to turn- be able to have an opportunity to, uh, to be there working for mrn which i grew up idolizing it was just you know, i was on cloud nine so how do we get that lead out on skinner further up towards the front there ron horner today a stretch out to a four truck length lead so i'm getting to the racetrack and i look down and i had a jeep cherokee at the time and i look down and all of a sudden the temperature is spiking i'm like what is going on but i pull up there and it turned out i blew out a radiator hose and i got to the track really early And I was going to like, okay, I'm going to get here. I'm going to go out and hang out in the garage a lot more. Well, so I spent my time before our meeting replacing my radiator hose uh, in my Jeep just so I could drive home after the race. And it got into it, and the speed at Bristol, you know, after the whole day of things, I'm up there on top, and I kind of look across the horizon, see the sun setting, and I'm going, oh, man, I finally made it here. And I'm on top of the Bristol Motor Speedway getting ready to call my first race, and I look down, and I had grease all over my hands, Uh, still from changing that radiator hose before the race pit reporter tony rizzuti the milwaukee fairgrounds we used to do a double header there we had trucks the first
8: day bush series cars the second day
5: today at the wisconsin state fairgrounds 34 nascar craftsman truck series drivers are ready to challenge the milwaukee mile in the diehard 200
8: well one year and i can't remember if it was the night before the truck race or it was the night after the truck race but we were all involved mike massaro who worked with us at MRN, also did some TV stuff in the sport, he and I went to Summerfest, which was a giant concert series that they do every summer in Milwaukee, multiple stages, multiple bands, all sorts of things. Well, Mike and I go to see Foreigner in Kansas on this stage, and we left from the racetrack because of when they started. So we still had on our MRN, or maybe it was NTN, something with NASCAR on it. And we met these two guys and their two girlfriends who had a table, and we just wanted a place to sit, drink our beer, and listen to the concert. Well, they were NASCAR fans, and they had decided we were going to have a really, really good time that night. And uh, they started buying our beers. They were like, dance with our girlfriends. They thought Mike and I were the, like, talk about the superstar treatment. And Mike and I sang Every song. We got these guys made sure we had a good time. so we'd, we'd probably consumed way too many for us. Uh, we sang every song at the top of our lungs. Oh boy. And the next day we went down to breakfast in the hotel and neither one of us could speak. Do you remember this? I do remember that. So I was at the front end of pit road. He was on the corner. Now, Mike has a—I notoriously have a weak voice. Jack Sprague is Quaker State Chevrolet. Starts from the butt pole. I lose my voice all the time. Mike's got pretty good chops, so his came back pretty good. But mine didn't. Mine came back just enough. And I remember telling—I was on the front end of pit road. And I remember telling you guys— Here's the deal. You cannot come down to me when there are vehicles in front of me. I need to go last and give a recap because I can't talk over the sound. So I'm in like the first or second, and it worked pretty much the whole race. I'm in the first or second stall, and at some point in time, for some reason, Fred, you threw it down to me right (laughs) as they are peeling off pit road. And I try to go over the top of them, and it sounds like I've hit puberty. Furious action down on the turn one lane. Jack Sprague gets away first. Joe Rudman had a hard time getting his truck restarted. The crew had to push it away. (laughs) Oh
5: squeak of And now
8: now whatever I had, whatever I had was completely gone. And we go to commercial break.
5: Ryan Recker rounding out the top five. From the Milwaukee Mile, this is the NASCAR Truck Network.
8: Anytime we went to commercial break, anybody that's a long-time MRN fans knows, the mics stay hot. The fans at home on a radio don't hear it. But if you have a scanner on, you hear what we talk about. It's our time to keep the mics on. And I proceeded with no voice to lay into you like you wouldn't believe. What was funny about that is... If you don't know Fred Armstrong, he's about as nice a person as you could ever meet. You could screw up 80 times, make him look bad, and he'd never tell you. It just rolls off him. It's not that big a deal. I told you, don't send him that. And I am words that are not used on the radio. They fell into the uh, specific words you cannot use. And the worst words of all were the one I was choosing to. To use over and over and over again. And then it was like 10 seconds. Mics are hot.
5: We continue under the green flag here at the Milwaukee Mile. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Die Hard 200. Along the way, the NASCAR Truck Network and Motor Racing Network team got to know some of the greatest drivers in Truck Series history before they were NASCAR superstars. Turn announcer and anchor Fred Armstrong.
1: One of one of the races, one of, one of the four years Mike showed up with, uh, they had one of the ride-along trucks. If you remember, those are really cool, and you you bring the press out, and uh, Skinner would take him around the racetrack. Well, I made the mistake of getting in there and looking at him and saying, "Go for it, man! Don't take me! Don't take me at the press ride level. I want to take a lap around Portland Speedway," and he did. You know, when you're in the right-hand seat, that crash wall comes up real, oh, real you, close to the race car.
8: Your leg and foot hurt from going through the oh, invisible yeah. brake pedal through oh, baby. the firewall. Speaking of those press ride-alongs, I had the opportunity to do one with Rick Corelli at Pikes Peak, and I wasn't supposed to get a ride. I was there. I, I think Chevrolet sent me out there to just help with some PR at the time, and uh, we got done, and, and Corelli's like, hey, you want a ride? You didn't get a ride. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm good, and he's like, no, nah, hop in here. I'll give you a ride. And I got in there and they belted me in and uh, he fired up the engine and we coasted down pit road a little bit. He stopped about right almost about ready to get out on the track and he turned to me and he goes, They didn't pull your belts tight enough. You need to yank on them really hard. And about the time I grabbed them, he floored that thing and we're just fishtailing down the. We did two laps. I don't know if he was going race pace but i'm gonna guess he was it felt like he was and we came out of turn two and he spun the truck out and we are spinning down the back stretch and i am if i
1: this This is your day at the office pal not mine.
8: (laughs) we stopped and he's like
5: that's how it's really done (laughs) and i'm shaking i bet i shook for two hours I never, I'll never forget. Nobody gave me the advance warning about Mike Skinner's pool abilities. We're not talking swimming pool; we're talking about pool table. And I remember we were in Tucson one night. We got done, and it was hotter than the Hubs of Hades outside. Nobody, everybody stayed at the hotel. That was another thing too. We all traveled in packs. It's like we all stayed at these hotels. We'd have breakfast at the same time. We'd go, out, I mean, you'd go out to eat with everybody. Yep. Well, this one night in Tucson, we stayed in at the Holiday Inn. And Skinner was, you know, had his pool stick, and he waves me over. And he's like, Bagley, get over here. Let's shoot some pool. Well, I had one NASCAR official that leaned in as I was walking over. He says, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I'm like, hey, now, I'm, I'm going ready to play pool with Skinner. Well, I got to break the balls, and that's it. He's a shark, and by the way, we're playing we're we're paying playing at twenty bucks a pop. Mm.
4: So it's like you that know That was I, a
5: weekend's rate
8: back there in uh, the NTN
4: days. Yeah, yeah, it was. Johnny Benson is gonna seal it up. He'll win the championship in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series tonight here at Homestead Miami Speedway. Let's go to Jeff Striegel.
0: One of my favorite memories was uh working uh pit road At Homestead Championship Weekend uh, With Hornaday and Benson going back and forth And I'm from Grand Rapids And Johnny Benson's from Grand Rapids And Johnny and I are friends and his family I happened to be in the front end of uh, Pitt Road on that day And so Benson was up there and so was Hornaday John Sr., Uh, It's Johnny Benson Jr., but John Sr. was right there, and his mom was right there. And so here they come across the line. Well, his mom is hanging on my shirt the whole final 5, 10, 15 laps. Like, my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? They come across the line, and she's just like... What's the story? What's the story? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't heard. I think you're in the booth. Haven't heard yet. They're waiting to find out to make it official. And uh, finally, I think, Mike, you came across and said, it is John Benson, who or Johnny Benson, who has just picked up the Truck Series Championship. And I was able to turn to his mom and go, you're a champion. And she broke down and started crying and got a great big hug. No! they are the champion. They leap off the wall trip. Bruce now radioing with Johnny Benson. His mom is down here. She's got tears in her eyes. You're going to be celebrating tonight. They are celebrating Johnny Benson's first NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Championship. And It was just kind of one of those deals that took me at that moment all the way back home and watching that family race the short tracks and now become a NASCAR champion.
5: Some of the production staff has had unique experiences as well and Of course, longtime Motor Racing Network producer, Rich Colbreth. Rich, I remember a day that uh, you actually didn't cross paths in the best of ways with a series
6: champion yeah that's uh that's a strange story we were at gateway international right outside of st louis and and i remember you were there that that weekend and and i needed some audio i was still fairly new and i and i was still fairly nervous talking to these drivers because i mean i get intimidated by them and here's ron today he's about an hour away from qualifying and he's sitting on the pit wall and the question i wanted to ask him was you know you've never won At Gateway, what is it that's just so hard about this track, and and that you never won? And he stopped me. He stopped me right there, and he says, "What are you doing?" And I and I and and I'm shaking. Okay, I'm nervous here because Ron is an intimidating guy to me. And he says, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm about to go out. I don't need to hear that right now." And I'm like, uh, I was uh. he made me feel so small, and I was like, oh man. Anyway, so the story goes, he goes out and Ron Hornaday wins.
4: And today he gets the monkey off his back, taking his first ever win at Gateway. Ron Hornaday wins the camping world two
6: hundred. <laughs> and the funny thing about the story was that I, I don't can't remember who talked to him in Victory Lane.
3: Congratulations, you're in Victory Lane here in St. Louis.
6: First thing that Ron said before he said anything else was
3: well, "I got to apologize about your producer before quality- qualifying i gave him a hard time but uh, and
6: i thought that was just the coolest thing <laughs>
5: when i lost my father i was home watching the race that night with mom and the first thing he said out of his truck hey we're thinking about bagman he lost his dad uh, first of all i want to tell mike Bagley we're thinking of him and our thoughts and prayers with this whole family i know it's tough times and uh... that's that tender side of ron hornaday that he's just run this race he's finished in the top 10 And then that's the first thing out of his mouth. That really meant a lot to me. Ron Hornaday coming on strong. He has to make his way by the lap truck. And sometimes those star drivers weren't very good influences. Uh, Nashville is the city that I realized that never, ever, never under any set of circumstances put a driver in the passenger seat of your rental car. (laughs) We had a deal at the old NASCAR Cafe downtown. And it was a Napa deal. Hornaday was driving the 16 Napa truck. Dana Landry was his public relations representative. Dana had driven Ron and Lindy to this engagement. Dana had something else to do and asked me. He says, hey, do you mind dropping Ron off back at the racetrack on your way back? I'm like, no, not at all. I'm like, okay, this could be fun. So we get, you know, we leave and of course me and two other people, a few other people get in the car, but Hornaday takes up residence, shotgun, passenger seat, front row. I could not even get the car in motion, and I got the list of demands. All right, Bagley, here's the deal. Don't try to impress me. Do what I tell you to do, and everything's going to be okay. I'm like, okay. Pull out into traffic, sitting at the stoplight, turn your wipers on, it's running a little too hard. Make the left-hand turn, going back out horse racetrack all right slow down here you're going a little too fast all right back up get in behind this guy no don't get behind him get behind that guy over there follow hit there and i'm like okay this is the reason why i am never gonna have another driver in my rebel car ever again now you would talk about a horrible backseat driver ron hornaday jr is number one in those power rank and greg biffle is the 2000 nascar craftsman truck series champion
0: we were cruising down uh whatever highway it might have been 40 in nashville mm-hmm. is that right Uh, on the way to the track, and we're just kind of casually chatting, and honest to God, all of a sudden, we get jacked up from behind. On the highway, we get punted in the rear, and Bagman is like, what the heck? Looks in the rearview mirror, and he goes, oh my God, it's Biffle. It was great. It was Greg Biffle. Now we're playing. Biffle dives down into the, uh, the shoulder of the road and makes a pass on us. And now we're getting ready to do the exit off the off-ramp. Well, Bagman is not about to let Biffle lead going up to the stop sign. Heck no. So he takes to the apron. Let I'm... me get this straight. It's Bagman and a professional race car driver. Correct. Okay. And he's not going to let Greg win. And next thing you know, Bagman's on the apron. We're running 80. And Biffle's on the outside, Bagman's on the inside, and we are wheel to wheel. And I'm going, this is where it all ends, right here. (laughs) I'm dying right here with Bagman behind the wheel, banging quarter panels with Greg Biffle. Okay. Well, if you take about, knock that story back about six clicks... (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> That's where you have the reality of this. Uh, once the trucks clear the billboard that Mike
8: Bagley hit yesterday with the minivan, they'll race down the 1,572-foot-long
5: backstretch before entering... Tournament. Okay, maybe it wasn't just the star drivers. The MRN team like to have
0: a little fun of their own on the road. Back in that day, we used to get rental cars. And we used to uh, talk about leaving our mark. Uh, in whatever town we were. And by Mark, we mean lighting up the rear tires in the parking lot of the hotel. There was a saying, two words on on the crew, chirp them. Chirp him. And chirp you were that man. I Everywhere we go, chirp him. Let's go. Chirp him. Light him up. And Bagman could do it. Bagman would always have, you'd have the Continental, you'd have something with about, <laughs> you know, 350 horsepower. It'd be great big and you could do a break stand in a parking lot. Well, one day we were coming back after going out and playing and, and hanging out. And uh, Bagman happened to be standing on his veranda. And it was probably one in the morning. And for whatever reason, you were out there, and I remember pulling in, and it had just kind of got done raining. So there was a little bit of puddles in the old parking lot. And I saw a bag man, and I pulled up, and I rolled down the window, and I'm like, Baggy. He's like, what's up? I go, watch this. And he proceeds to
5: obviously turn the traction control off and do a John Force-like burnout in the parking lot. And it's like 1.30 in the morning. Everybody's asleep. All you hear are tires squealing. And next thing you know, you hear all these people waking up. Not happy at all. Plume of white smoke.
3: Crowd is on its feet. Three laps to go for the checkered flag in the True North Global 250. Here they come.
5: Motor Racing Network is the exclusive provider of live NASCAR Truck Series coverage on the radio. And we wouldn't trade it for anything. Next time on MRN presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking.
2: The the general world knew Randy Moss as one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play football.
3: Yeah, I grew up around uh, dirt track racing in West Virginia, and you know, being a country boy, no matter what the color of your skin is, I think that you love and, and adapt to country, country things in the country setting. So. By me being able to branch off until, you know, my career, my profession as a football player, I always still had a little little niche, a little itch, just being, you know, just going fast, going around the track, doing donuts and things like that.
1: We'll look forward to that next time. Thanks for joining us. I'm Mike Bagley. Today's program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. The Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 Years in Still Trucking, was written and produced by Brian Nelson. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.